You guys can have a seat. What's up, Saul Company? My name is Jake. I am uh, the teaching pastor here at Candeo. And if you don't come to Candeo, that's fine. But we would love to have you on Sunday mornings, 8.30 and 10.30. Uh, it'd be great to have you. But I am particularly excited to be here with you tonight because um, we're going to talk about something tonight that it's not often the case that when I come up here on stage, I can know for a fact that what I'm going to talk about absolutely applies to every single person in this room. I come to church, sometimes I sit out there, and I'm like you, I'm sitting there going, do I like this? Do I like that, do I like that person? Do I like what he's saying? Does what he's saying even apply to me? If not, I generally zone out, I'll check my email, I do it too, all right, all right? And so I get it, okay? But here's, here's what I know. I know that you are absolutely the target audience. I remember uh, as a college student, I was a junior in college. I went to school, I did my undergrad in Chicago, and I don't mean Chicago like Wheaton or Naperville, right? I mean Chicago like I was, you know, I look out my living room window and the Sears Tower, now the, now the Willis Tower, is like six blocks that way, and the Hancock is six blocks that way, okay? Like right in the center of the city, but I'm in college, so it's student housing, so I don't deserve to live where I live. And I'm sitting in my apartment, I'm eating some cereal, Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs still, is the goat of cereals, and um, but I'm sitting in my apartment as a junior in college, and a I'm, I'm watching TV. A commercial comes up on the TV for the if you wanted to buy a private jet, this is the best company to buy a private jet through. And I remember thinking in that moment, I'm like, listen, I'm a junior in college. I don't I don't know if I have $25 in my wallet, let let alone 25 million. To buy, like I am not at all the target audience here. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt tonight that for wherever you're at, whoever you are, that you are the target, the target audience, and here's why. It's because if you are alive in this room tonight, what that means is that you are a child. And when I say that, I mean you are a child in the sense that you somehow got here, like on earth, right? which then also means that you have parents. And what we're gonna talk about tonight is how should I as a child relate to my parents in a way that glorifies God? What does God have to say about parent-child relationships? Now I realize that in a room this size that there are many different situations, perhaps, perhaps hundreds of situations that are represented in this room. For some of you, your parents are amazing. You have a great relationship with your parents. Maybe you talk to them today. And if that's you, that's awesome. But for others of you, perhaps your relationship with your parents is a bit more complicated. Perhaps for some of you, you come from a background of a relationship with your parents where there's actually a lot of trauma or there's a lot of hurt, maybe there's been abuse, maybe for you, your parents are divorced, maybe for you, your parents or a parent has already passed away. A hundred other scenarios that make life difficult or complicated. And so while we obviously don't have the time to hit every single situation that's represented in this room, I just wanna show you from scripture a few principles that I know can be applied to every single situation 
in this room. And so what I want to do is I want to look at a couple of those principles with you tonight, and then I want to look at some practical steps for how we can honor God in our family relationships. So if you have a Bible, you can open to Ephesians chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be up on the screen. Ephesians chapter 6, we're kind of rounding out our relationship series here. Ephesians 6, it's just the first four verses. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, here's what it says. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, because this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may have long life in the land. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, there was a time about... 30 to 40 years ago, none of you were probably born. I was a little kid. I was born in 88. I was born in the 1900s. This is amazing, right? But there was a time where uh, there, was, there was a psychological movement that was, that was sweeping through the United States about 30 or 40 years ago, which basically said that in order to understand who you are, in order to understand everything about your life, all your problems... You need to have a real deep grasp and understanding of your relationship with your parents. It was, it was kind of like the Enneagram of the time, right? If you really want to know who you are, if you really want to be able to explain why you are the way that you are, you need to have a deep, deep understanding of your relationship with your parents. And what happened around that time, about three or four decades ago, was that pretty much all of the world's problems got hung around the necks of parents who weren't loving enough, caring enough, affirming enough, encouraging enough, et cetera. And, it, and, it, was, and it, was, it was this movement that basically said that the only way to explain the very depths of who you are was to understand your relationship with your parents. Now, in the following decades, it became pretty clear that, that this approach to understanding like who we are really overplayed its hand because we are much more complicated than our upbringing. We're much more complicated than our environment. But I will say at the same time, while that approach definitely overplayed its hand, right? It really, it, it emphasized the parent-child relationship way too much. It is still true that our relationship with our parents or our lack of relationship with our parents is still deeply formative in who we are today. Now, I didn't, I didn't notice this as much as a college student, but as I have gotten older, I, I find myself more often going, man, I really sounded like my dad. Or wow, I really sounded like my mom, right? Like I find myself doing that over and over and over. Now, you, you probably think you're a lot cooler than your parents probably think that. And perhaps that's true. But here's the thing. You're not. I mean, you are right now, okay? But just give it a few years, all right? And you're going to be so shocked at how much like your parents you actually, regardless of your relationship. And it it, it may make you happy because maybe you love your parents. It may frustrate you to death to go, oh, why am I so much like my dad, why am I so much like my mom? Why am I so much like that parental figure who stood in that place for those years as I was growing up? 
It's unavoidable. You see, trying to get away from the way that your parents or your relationship with your parents has influenced you as a person is honestly like trying to run away from your shadow. It's impossible. You just, you can't do it because your parents or those parental figures were the ones who had the first shot at laying the foundation in your life of who you are. And so while verse four in our passage speaks to parents, I'm not gonna, there there are probably three parents in this room tonight maybe, okay? And so I'm not gonna talk a lot about, you know, how parents should interact with their kids as much as it would be fun in a room full of college students to really let parents know what they've done wrong, okay? And they're not here to defend themselves, all right? As As fun as that would be, I really think it would really help us out to actually see what's applicable to all of us in this room because each and every one of us is a child. So Paul, the writer of Ephesians, begins his instructions about parent-child relationships, and he says this, right at the beginning, chapter 6, verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, because this is right. Now, like I said, there's certainly a sense where everyone in this room is a child. No matter how old you are, you're a child of someone, even if that parent has passed away. But right here in verse 1 of chapter 6, Paul is mainly addressing non-adults. He's not, he's not necessarily addressing all children in general, regardless of how old you are, regardless of your status in life. He's mainly addressing non-adults. He's mainly, he's mainly talking about little kids. Little kids obey your parents. He's talking about kids who are still in the home, still under the care and instruction of their parents. And he tells little kids, obey your parents. And then what he does is he gives the reason for little children to obey their parents. And he says, look at that verse one, because this is right, And then he goes on in verse two and three. Maybe in your Bible, you noticed how uh, verses two and three, there's a lot of bold letters. Maybe, Maybe your translation has that. Because what he does in verses two and three is he roots the command to little children to obey their parents. He roots that within a broader command that applies to all children regardless of your age. And that broader command is actually one of the 10 commandments. That's why it's in bold in your Bible, perhaps, if you see that. It's because he's actually referencing an Old Testament passage, the 10 commandments given to Moses in Exodus chapter 20, which says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. And what's interesting here in the command that applies to all children, regardless of your age, is that in the Ten Commandments, God doesn't say that all children, regardless of their age, must obey their parents. He doesn't say that. But instead, he says that all children, regardless of your age, must honor your parents. And what Paul is doing right here in Ephesians chapter 6 is he's, he's connecting these two things. And he's saying that young, young kids, little kids who are in the home must obey their parents because all children must honor their parents. Now, two questions that arise as we talk about the difference between needing to obey our parents and needing to honor our parents relative to your age. And those two questions are probably this. First, what is the difference between obedience and honor. Because here's the thing, all right? Here, here's, here's, what's ma- here's what makes this a little um, interesting for you. It's because most of you are in this weird transition point in life, right? 
like you're a college student. And so there are probably some ways in which you are still like a little child in relation to your parents. I'll talk about that a little bit later. And there are other ways where you are certainly more like an adult child. And so it's easy, to, it, it makes all the sense in the world to ask, well, what's the difference then between, obe- between obeying my parents and honoring my parents? And then as a college student, how can I know which category of child I am? And how should, I, and how should that impact the way that I relate to my parents? So first, what's the difference between obedience and honor? Paul tells younger children to obey their parents, which simply means to do what they say, whether you agree with them or not. You know what the Greek word here in scripture for for obey is? It's obey. Pretty easy, right? A lot of you elementary ed majors here are going to, you know, you are signing up for a life of a struggle with obedience with little children. You really are. And God bless you for that, right? You're shaping the next generation. But I'm just saying, like, man... I'm glad that you want to do that, all right? That's all I'll say, thank you. But it's altering your behavior because your authority told you to do so, whether you want to or not. Now, even for little children, this obedience, regardless of where, regardless of even where you're at in the room tonight, as we talk later about how do I know whether, whether I'm more in this obey category or this honor category, regardless, for any child, that obedience is not absolute. Because of that little phrase, you might have seen it, children, obey your parents in the Lord, which literally means obey your parents as if you were obeying the Lord himself, which is to say that regardless of the age of children, if their parents, if your parents tell you to do something that violates an explicit command in scripture, then obedience to the Lord supersedes obedience to your parents because you're to obey your parents in the Lord. So that's the specific command to young children, but the broader command that that specific command is rooted in is for all children, every single one of us in this room, for all of us to honor our parents. Now you'll notice, here, here's, this is so interesting. This broader command that God gives in the 10 commandments in Exodus chapter 20 for all children to honor their parents, notice what he does not say. Notice what God does not tell you to do. It does not say that you should admire your parents. Because perhaps your parents aren't admirable. It does not, God does not tell you to trust your parents. Because there are some parents who are just straight up not trustworthy. Here's the thing, God doesn't even tell you to love your parents because some parents are evil. No, he says that all children in all seasons in every circumstance must honor your parents. So what what does it then mean to honor? Simply what it means to honor, honor is a moral choice. Honor is a moral choice to treat and speak of your parents with with, with dignity and courtesy regardless of their condition. That's what honor is. Honor is a moral choice to treat and speak of your parents with dignity and courtesy, regardless of their 
condition. You see, honor has nothing to do with your feelings. It, honor is, is totally unsentimental. Honor, it, honor is totally unlike those, um, those, uh, those sentimental kind of kind of makes you want to gag Mother's Day cards. You know, you're like, who wrote these, right? Like, honor is not that, which if you like those, I'm sure your mom loves them. Like, but it's not that. It has nothing to do with your feelings. No, honor is treating and speaking of your parents in a way that displays that you want what is best for them. That's what it means to honor your parents. And do you see how this is different from obedience? Do you see how this is different than admiration, than from love, than from trust? Because a young child can obey their parents, but not honor them in that obedience, right? They, 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 can, they can follow the commands of their parents, but do it with a heart that just hates their parents. So you can obey your parents and not honor them. That might be obedience, but it isn't obedience with the honor that is required. And adult children can get really confused and think that in, order, that in order for me to honor my parents, I must obey them or I must approve of them or I must approve of their lifestyle choices or agree with their opinions. When honor has nothing to do with you approving of who your parents are or approving of what your parents do. No, instead honor is so much deeper because honor is wanting what is best for them and then treating them and speaking to them and speaking about them in such a way that you're showing that you want what is best for your parents. Which leads us to the second question. So as a college student, how do I know which category I'm in? How do I know? How, how do I know whether I should obey my parents or whether I should obey and honor my parents? How should I know? And I, and I would just say this, and, and, you, and you, you're going to have to exercise some wisdom here, right? It's really easy to trick ourselves into thinking we're in one category when we're in another. And so you got to just be like gut level honest here. Here's what I'd say. The degree to which you are still dependent on your parents and on the provisions of their household is an indicator of whether you're in the young child category or in the adult child category. How dependent are you on your parents? Yeah, most of you don't live with your parents anymore. You're out of the house. But only you know how, how, act, like, how actually dependent you are on your parents. Now, this isn't just money-related, but uh, these, are, these are some just helpful, a helpful litmus test for you to kind of gauge how dependent am I actually on my parents. Do, do your parents pay your rent? Do your parents uh, pay for your schooling? If so, that'd be awesome. Do your parents pay your phone bill? Do they pay your car insurance? Do they pay for your car repairs? Whenever you get in a sticky situation, whenever you get in a bind, when you call your parents, are you not just asking them for wisdom? Like, hey, if you were me, what would you do? And I'll take that in, into consideration. Are you actually asking them to actually bail you out? How dependent are you on them for your tangible needs and your daily decisions? If as you honestly assess your situation, you would say that you're more dependent on them than less, then I would say that you are more in the young child category. And, and here's the thing, that is not necessarily a bad thing. 
Like if that's a conclusion you come to, like you shouldn't necessarily feel bad about that. But if that's your case, then you're called to not only honor your parents, but I would say you are also called to continue to obey them until you get to a stage in your life into a scenario where your dependence on them becomes less, all right? So now for those of you who would say, you're less dependent on your parents for your tangible needs and your daily decisions. How might you respond to God's command to honor your parents as an adult child? I wanna give you four things. And before I give you four things, here's the thing. Uh, This is the hard part about speaking to large groups is that if if you and I were sitting down over a cup of coffee, I I would perhaps be able to apply these principles more specifically to your situation. Um, But I can't, but hopefully, you can begin to apply these using wisdom and within the context of your community. So four things real quick, then I'll be done. How can you as an adult child honor your parents? There's more than four, but here's four. First, value your parents. Value your parents. Quite simply, as much as it depends on you, and that's a really important phrase, because some of you have really bad relationships with your parents. Some of you really want a relationship with your parents and it's, it's not reciprocated. As much as it depends on you, don't coldly cut yourself off from your parents. As much as it depends on you, don't let the fact that you are physically distant from them mean that you're relationally distant from them. Like, I don't, I don't know how close you live, you know, to Cedar Falls or Waterloo, whatever. Uh, but if you don't live with your parents, even if you do, honestly, it's, it'd be real easy to kind of be like a ghost in the house, right? Like they know you're there, but they never see you. But you're probably geographically in different places than your parents. Don't let being geographically distant mean that you are relationally distant. My guess is for many of you, it would communicate a lot of value to your parents if you would actually remember their birthday and not just expect them to remember yours. You know, your mom did all the work, by the way. Like, she should get the presents on your birthday. That's how that should work, right? Because you did nothing, right? Like, and then you, you cost them like $100,000 or whatever it is, like, for 18 years, you know? It's like, why are, why are we getting the presents? I don't know. But it would perhaps go a long way for you to remember your parent, like your parents' birthdays. And, and maybe, listen, just this is, these are suggestions, all right? Maybe just call them like once a week. Not because you need anything, not because you have a problem, but just to see how they're doing. Like, like a human does with other humans, okay? Like, see how they're doing and let, and let them know what's going on in your life. Now, perhaps for you, there's, and again, this is why I say as much as it depends on you, perhaps for you, there's tremendous brokenness in your home. That no matter how much you want or how much you try, you cannot repair that with them. Maybe for you, your parent has actually passed away. And so it, 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 it is impossible for you to, to physically, tangibly express this value. First off, if, if that's your situation, if, if, if your family life is, is so complicated, I, that, that sucks. I don't have like good advice for you on that. That just totally sucks. And I'm really sorry that you're in that situation. 
And at the same time, I would say that you can still value your parents in the way that you speak of them, in the way that you think of them, and in the way that you pray for them. Perhaps you're unable to show them the value that we, we, we need to place value on our parents regardless of how terrible our parents are simply be, if, if for no other reason than the fact that those are the people that God chose to bring you into the world. Perhaps for you, it's really hard to know how do I honor these people? At least honor parenthood. At least honor the fact that God used them in their utter brokenness and imperfection to bring you into the world. And you can still practice honoring them by valuing them in the way that you speak of them and the way that you pray for them. So first, value. Number two, gratitude. I did a little trick here. I said I have four things. I have three things under gratitude, so it's seven, but I'll go fast. All right. So uh, gratitude. There's a lot of ways that you can express gratitude. I'm just going to mention three. So first, how can you express gratitude to your parents? Well, if you think about it, the opposite of gratitude, one of the opposites of gratitude, I'd say one of the primary uh, opposites of gratitude is a critical spirit, is, is, an, is, is having a sense of entitlement. So one way that you can express gratitude t- towards your parents is to actually be more quick to recognize the positive aspects of who they are and what they do. Be more quick to recognize those things than you are to be critical of who they are and what they do. It, here, here's, uh, here's a situation for some of you. Some of you... Um, I've come to college, you've had a life-changing experience, Jesus has totally rocked your world, and in, um, in, 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 man, I gotta be careful with this, in, in a, I'd say in a somewhat good way, you just really want your parents to experience what you've experienced. Can I just say though, like please, for the sake of the gospel, and like for your influence in your family, don't go home and be a Christian butthead. You know what I mean? Like you have this, you have this life-changing experience. Like, like God's doing a lot in your heart. You are in like biblical community where you're really pouring in each other's lives and you're getting into the nitty gritty and you're, you're seeing how the implications of the gospel are playing themselves out and you're walking in obedience and there's these radical steps of growth that are happening in your life and you go home and your parents look like, like nothing's happening, right? And you're like, why aren't you so, why aren't you more on fire for Jesus? You know, and then you, and then you start to get real critical of them and try to like shove the gospel down their throats. Can I just say that you'll likely have more of an impact for the gospel with your parents if you begin to recognize and vocalize what you appreciate, what you appreciate about them. You'll have more of an impact for the gospel than if you're constantly trying to show them how Jesus has made you such a better person than them. Second way, so first, uh, don't have a critical spirit with your parents. That, that shows gratitude. The second way that you can show gratitude is by simply thanking them for an aspect of who they are or what they've done that you appreciate. Now, for some of you, I, I realize you might have to think a long time about that, all right? But my guess is that if you spent five minutes scouring your mind on what's one thing, what's one thing about who they are, 
about what they've done in my life, one thing that I can thank them for. My guess is you could think of something. And then a third way that you can show gratitude for your parents is by regularly praying for them. Just like um, you didn't choose your parents, your parents also, in, in a sense, didn't choose you. But you were given to each other by God. God actually made this match as broken as it may be between people. And so one way that you can show gratitude for your parents is by thanking God for your parents because God gave you the parents that you have. So value your parents, show gratitude towards your parents. Third way that you can honor your parents is service. How about this? This would be revolutionary. My guess that this would be revolutionary. What if the nature of your relationship with your parents became such that you became more aware of how you can serve them than you are aware of how they can serve you? What if the next time you were on the phone with your parents, instead of telling them what you need from them, ask them what you can do for them the next time you're home, whenever that is. Now, my guess is if you ask that, the first way that you can serve your parents is probably going to be driving them to the hospital because they had a heart attack because they've never heard that come out of your mouth, right? Like... And then once, once they recover and they get home, you can ask them, how can I serve you? And then you'll drive them back to the hospital because it'll happen again, right? It'll just be this never-ending loop and they're gonna love you for it because they won't die, right? But seriously, like, <laughs> they'll never die, forever young. So but seriously, like, ask your parents how, how you can serve them. So value, you can value them, you can show them gratitude, you can serve them. And number four, how can you honor your parents? You can forgive them. You see, we've been talking about this, the parent-child relationship this whole time. But if you read the book of Ephesians, you'll notice something. If you're looking for it, you'll notice that before earthly fathers, before earthly parents ever come up in Ephesians, God as Father is mentioned in every single chapter. Because you see, what being a Christian is, is it means that the God who created heaven and earth, that the God who knit you together in your mother's womb, that the God who one day will return to this earth to judge the living and the dead, that that God is not some far off being who's, who's an abstract deity, but, but that God that by faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, this God can become your heavenly father. That's how, that's how Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. What's the first thing? How, how did he tell his disciples to address God? As father. And when you have God as your perfect heavenly father, it actually frees you up to forgive your parents for all the ways that they aren't perfect. You see, when you have God as your perfect father, it frees you up to honor your parents even in their imperfection. 
Perhaps your parents are great and have been amazing and you've got a great relationship, that's awesome. But my guess is, is that for some of you, when you, when you think of God as father, that's a struggle. Because maybe for you, you think if God is anything like my earthly father, then I want nothing to do with him. But friends, here's, here's, here's what's true. God is not the reflection of your earthly parents. God is the perfection of your earthly parents. You see, what God is, is that God is everything your parents should be, but aren't. And God is everything that your parents can't be because they're human. And you see, the only way that you'll be free to forgive your imperfect parents, the only way that you'll be free to do that is when you see and receive for yourself, when you see that Jesus Christ died for your imperfection and rose against that you can have God as father. That's the only way. If you do not have Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior and you have broken relationship with your parents, there, there, there is no way that you are going to be able to have the strength to be able to forgive them for the brokenness that exists. But when you see, when you receive the forgiveness of God the Father by faith in Jesus Christ, you will then have the freedom and the power to forgive your imperfect parents because you now know that your perfect heavenly Father has forgiven you. That's the only way that it'll happen. And so wherever you're at tonight, whatever your family situation, would we all, I'm a, I'm a kid too, would we all glorify God in the way that we honor our parents? Let's pray. Oh, Father, what a privilege it is to call you Father. that you saw us in our, in our brokenness, that you saw us as people who, who wanted nothing to do with you. And Lord, you did what perhaps many in this room wish their parents would do. You didn't leave us, you didn't forsake us, you didn't abandon us, but instead you ran toward us you gave of yourself at great cost to yourself so that we could be reconciled with you. Lord, I pray for those in this room who come from incredibly broken situations. Oh God, would you show them your perfection? That you are infinitely greater than even the best parents and how much more than the worst. God, I pray for those tonight who have not yet received Jesus Christ so that you can be their father. Lord, I pray that tonight, that they would receive forgiveness, that they would receive restoration, and that they would then be freed up to offer forgiveness to those in their life, that they would be freed from bitterness. Oh Lord, we thank you for adopting us as your children so that we can call you our heavenly father. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.